All right, so 2 Corinthians chapter 3, this is week number 7, and uh, we're trying to do, uh, we did a week or two of introduction, and uh, what is the topic that we're trying to focus on? Does anybody remember? What is our name of our series? On the folders. Whoop, that one's there. That's it. This is just a, he's uh, basically sanctifying them. And... Yeah, yeah, he's, uh, and th- this is kind of his, uh, a lot of these things here is his testimony. He's like, you know, we went through this trouble and we feared for our lives. And so a lot of this is his kind of a personal journal, just like the Psalms is kind of David's journal. I think Second Corinthians is kind of Paul's journal. And uh one thing I, so on your top, I, I put this, the thesis, the thing we're trying to get across is we should quit living uh, unto ourselves and start living for Christ. And there's two key verses in Second Corinthians, this chapter 5, we're not quite there yet, but it's on your handout. It says, for the love of Christ constraineth us because we thus judge that if one died for all, then we're all dead. And that he that, and that he died for all, that they which live should not henceforth live unto themselves, but unto him which died for them and rose again. And uh, this week, uh, chapter 3, his declaration of ministry is uh, changed people. So I'll try to write these verses for you, or these words for your handout if you want. I think it helps. I mean, that's why I put blanks on there. It kind of helps you follow along. I give you some key words, <clears throat> and uh, you know one of the things I heard a pastor say, it kind of resonated with me, is this, God doesn't need a new and improved you, he, he wants a changed you, he, uh, God doesn't need Steve just to be a better Steve, he needs him to be more like Christ, he wants to change us and mold us and fashion us into the image of his son Jesus Christ, so so the declaration of ministry is changed people, and that's what these uh, verses are about. If let's see, we got a new group of people. Teresa, we're going to start back with you. If you're in Second Corinthians, would you read the first three verses for us? Chapter three, verses one through three. Commendation to you, a letter of commendation for you. We are our epistle, written in our hearts, known and read of all men, for as much as we are manifestly declared to be the epistle of Christ, ministered by us, written not with ink, but with the spirit of the living God, not in tables of stone, but in fleshly tables of the heart. Very good. Now, there's a, a word there. What is it that brings about the change in people? The renewing of your mind. It is. But what, what word do you think is in this chapter seven times? It's, it's in verse two, that, or verse three that she read. It's, it's the word spirit. And uh, we hit on that at the end of this chapter. We're not going to quite get there today, but... I just thought it was neat. The word spirit is in this chapter seven times. And uh, what uh, Teresa read, he says, uh, we don't need to commend ourselves uh, 
uh, as others. So evidently there's some others that were kind of some false prophets or false teachers. And he said, he said the evidence of our ministry is, uh, it's, it, it says in verse three, it's manifestly declared. It's not written with uh, ink, but it's in, uh, not in tables of stone, but in fleshly table or fleshy tables of the heart. So uh, it's these people, it's changed people. <clears throat> and uh, I've got a verse on there that uh, uh, I don't know. Do, do all of you have, maybe, does anybody here have a, like a study Bible? So you have a study Bible. And uh, some of you have read maybe commentaries. You know, so so there's, you know, different types of study Bibles. Uh, but he says, really, the commentators of Paul's ministry is the people, right? And uh, I, heard, I heard a preacher say, I think this is cool. He said, old preachers never die. They just disseminate themselves in the lives of the congregation. You know, you, you heard jokes like that, you know, old truckers never die or, you know, but preachers never die. They just disseminate themselves into the lives of their congregation. So uh, that, that's what Paul is saying. He's saying the folks at Corinth, uh, they are testimony of our ministry. There's, their testimony has changed lives. And in verse 3, it used that they're manifestly declared. So that that's where we get the, t- the title for this uh, chapter is Declaration of Ministry has Changed People. And... Uh, <clears throat> I've got a ministry principle there. It says ink requires an instrument. So many of you are holding an ink pen right now. And uh, that ink needs a container called the, the pen, right? And Paul is saying that the, min- the, the spirit is contained in these vessels of clay. Uh, we, we, are, we are, the ministers are how the Holy Spirit is communicated to others. So, I gave you a verse there from 1 Corinthians 3 on your handout. It says, Who then is Paul and who is Apollos, but ministers by whom ye believed, even as the Lord gave to every man? So uh, some people believe that Apollos became the uh, pastor of that church. And uh, there's a verse that might indicate that. We, do, we don't really know. But... Uh, Anyway, I, I gave you a couple of verses from John there, First John. Uh, he says, having many things to write unto you, I would not write with uh, paper and ink, but I trust to come unto you and speak face to face that our joy may be full. And in Third John, he says something similar. He said, I had many things to write, but I will not with ink and pen write unto you, but I trust I shall shortly see thee and speak, and we shall speak face to face. Peace be to thee. Our friends salute thee. Greet thy friends by name. Now this table of heart, <clears throat> uh, that, that comes up several times in the Bible. At the end of verse 3, that, uh, that uh, Teresa read, right at the end of verse 3, you see that it says, fleshy tables of the heart. Now, uh, it says fleshy, not fleshly. You know, in other words, it's not carnal. It's like God is writing on the, uh, you know, uh, 
the Bible uses the word tender hearted and, uh, and it also used hard hearted. So we, we need to be tender hearted. Uh, I knew, I knew a pastor. We went to Las Vegas one time and, uh, it was like our 25th wedding anniversary. We went, there were some friends we wanted to see, uh, but we actually went to a, a, a church uh, called Paradise Baptist Church. Uh, Mike Matovich, I think, was the pastor. But he said something. Uh, he says, all ministers should have thick skin but keep a tender heart. And and I get that because you know just by being adults, you have to have a little bit of thick skin, don't you? I mean, people say hurtful things. Uh whether intentional or unintentional, we all get hurt, but I just, but it's hard to maybe keep a tender heart, isn't it? To where, you know, uh, we, we, we brought Sarah and Randy and they've, they've got their kids and I, uh, you know, how old is Spencer now? So he's seven. You know, kids just have a, a natural, you know, you, you tell them something, they'll just believe it, right? They, we all need childlike faith is what I'm trying to say. Uh, but we need to be mature. I mean, we're to grow in our faith too. So that's the balance is keeping, you know, a childlike faith that God, you said it. I believe it. I don't understand, but we just trust in you completely. You know, your daddy and, and we're your children. Uh, but we also need to be mature and, and, uh, and grow because the church is to be led by a elder. You know, there's like three words for pastor in the Bible. There's, uh, pastor, uh, overseer, uh, which means bishop, and uh, elders. And some church have elders, but elder just means maturity. And, and you know, Pastor Brian, I think he's 10 years younger than me. So he's early 50s. And he started this church 20 years ago. So he was early 30s, right? When he started. But, you know, he, he had a certain maturity that he qualified to be a pastor. And, so even though, you know, you may not uh, be an adult till you're 18 physically, you can be mature, you know, one year saved. You can have some maturity. You can study the word. You can grow. And, you know, that's what that's what we liked about discipleship. And this is just a little plug for discipleship. Is it was a structured approach at growing. You know, we went literally we we went to a church. For 30, you know, I was 31 when I got saved. And we learned more in the first two years of being saved than we did in 31 years going to the church we went to. Because we were saved and we were just excelling. So discipleship really, you know, it's a structured approach at growing. So you don't just uh, come to church for 31 years and hope hope to be spiritual, you know. Spirit, it allows things to, the veil to be removed. Yeah, right. It, the the scales fall and the the veil of our heart. And so, anyway, just a, a plug there, just to keep be, be tender hearted, but uh, do have some thick skin. And uh, I can't tell you. I mean, probably hundreds of people I know that have fallen away for just getting offended for some little something or another, you know. So have a little bit of thick skin, have a little bit of maturity. And, uh, you know, 
I, I tell people, you know, we're family, so we need to work through this. You know, don't don't just get mad and leave. You know, let, let's work and let's grow. And so, uh, yeah, and 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 initially uh, come to someone in in person. Uh, so I uh, give you a verse there from Proverbs: uh, "Let not mercy and truth forsake thee; bind them about thy neck; write them upon the table of thine heart." So there's there's this thing of our hearts, <clears throat> and I gave you a quote there that you may be the only Bible that some people may read, and uh, I I think about that sometimes. Uh, I forget. Uh, Oh, I was working with a, a contractor, and, and I they sent some people to our facility, but uh, my facility couldn't get a hold of me, and so they left, and so I was just kind of angry with them. I kind of took it out on the person on the phone, and I thought about that later. Just that you know, that's not a very good testimony. Uh, so uh, verse four and five, uh, Emmett, do you want to read those? Yeah, so I just had you put, you know, trust in, in your blank there. We too need to trust in the sufficiency of God and that our work is actually of God. And so... Uh, we read that there's a verse in Leviticus uh, where God says, "Sanctify yourselves and be holy, for I am holy," saith the Lord. And then, and then the very next verse says, "For it is the Lord that doth sanctify thee." So there, there's a certain active part of us sanctifying ourselves. You know, none of us are sinless, but we can all sin less. I don't know if you've heard of that. None of us are sinless, but we can all. So we can sanctify ourselves. We can actually do some things like pray and read our Bible, come to church. We can do some things to be more like God. But uh, actually, it's it's God that's doing a work in us. So his part is more passive. He sanctifies us as we sanctify ourselves. But it's kind of a... I gave you a couple teaching points there. And I already gave you, told you one. God doesn't want to improve your life. He wants to change it. And then uh, this next quote by Jeff Adams, the Christian, he said the he kind of paused here. The Christian life isn't difficult, and the blank is it is impossible without Christ. The Christian life is impossible. So our sufficiency does have to become from God. So, whoop. <clears throat> So I just had you put the word impossible in your blank. Um, so now verses 6 through 11 is where we'll spend the most of our time. And we're going to hit on this a little bit uh, next week because it said in verse 3 something about tables of stone. And what does that make you think of? The Ten Commandments. It does, yeah. And uh, so... This passage is going to talk about that. Uh, Pam, why don't you read, let's have you read 6 and 7 if you would. Who also made us able men to the New Testament, not of the letter, but of the Spirit. 
for the letter killer and the spirit gives life. But if the ministration of death, written and engraved on stones, was glorious, so that the children of Israel could not steadfastly behold the face of Moses for the glory of his countenance, which glory was done away with. Yeah. <clears throat> so uh, next week, uh, one thing I did, uh, I tried to, I think there's like 40-some Old Testament verses referenced in Second Corinthians, and I, I've got a list of those, and th- there's probably others, but I'm going to give that to you next week. Uh, I typed it up this week, but I'm going to split this chapter into two pieces, but it's calling the Old Testament law the ministration of death and you know, Paul says that the law is holy and it's righteous and it's perfect. Uh, but here it's calling us the ministration of death. And I'm going to, I'm going to show you in a minute why it says that. Uh, so on your handout at the bottom of your front page, it says the old covenant was that of the letter. The new covenant is that of the spirit. So I mentioned spirit again. The old covenant was a ministration of death. The new is a ministration of life. And although the law is holy, the letter of the law kills. And then at the top of your back of your page, I gave you an enemy's tactic. So the, the enemy uses legalism and the law to damn men's souls and stifle Christians. Now, uh, ha, has anybody ever heard of the term legalism or legalistic? What, what do you think of when you hear that? I think of it as, uh, you know, when you go when you go to court, and you know, when it's when you legalize something. Okay, like, so uh, you're thinking of the law of the land and law. law it's, it's written in the law, but but as far as the Bible, what what Teresa, you had a thought. What are you thinking? Didn't you? you did you have your hand up? Okay, Mary. Let's have what Mary. I bet. Legalism is uh, basically where um, they make they make many rules in the church that you have to follow in order to be saved. In other words. You're not saved by grace. You're not saved by, um, you know, you're not saved by Jesus Christ, but you've got to go to the letter of their law in order to be saved. And that's incorrect doctrine, by the way. So, yeah. So, some of us that, did you grow up in church? I was in Catholic church. Okay. Okay. So, you're, so you're familiar with the. So, I mean, when I think, when I hear that, I think of, you know, guys have your hair cut short. Ladies have long enough skirts, no no tattoos, maybe piercings. So you do think rules and regulations. So you're not wrong, Larry, but I guess in the context of, you know, the Old Testament law and... Uh, I don't know, it's just something Yeah, yeah, no, that's... Back with the tablets of the heart, like, uh, so that would be like your conscience, and then you have your body and your soul and your spirit, and then... For those that are left, you have your mind, will, emotions, and so your conscience is tells your heart. Okay, so you're thinking of your tables, your heart still. But, but, let, 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 me, let me give you, that's all right. Uh, 
if you think of this as kind of a, of a pendulum, uh, you know, this pendulum can swing, you know, both ways, you know, legalism. And my word that goes in the blank, and I really like this definition, is a too, a, a too strict adherence to the law. So, um, I'm trying to think of maybe a good example. I, I think this pendulum is representative of that. If we think of legalism as too strict, and uh, Jesus healing on the, on the Sabbath day, that was too strict for yeah. yeah, yeah. And and I wrote this wrong. And that's probably not spelled right. That that's not license, is it? L I C E N S. I'm dyslexic. Is that it? So so think think about if if that's too strict of adherence to the law, like you said, oh my, you can't heal on the Sabbath day. Just gonna have to let that sheep die in the ditch or whatever. That's too strict. The other extreme is license, like anything go. It's a hippie. It's a free love. It's a, yeah, it's saved. So, so right here is the balance of that is liberty. And, uh, the man that led me to Christ, you know, we have a lesson, isn't it lesson 13 or 14 called liberty in Christ? 13. So uh, the question kind of comes down to, can we do anything we want? We can, but it's not profitable. Yeah. And the other thing is, even if it's, even if it's, if you can do anything you want, there's still consequences to your actions. There. You still are going to have consequences. So, if you break the law and you're stealing, yeah. you know, okay, you were still going to get a ticket. Yeah. Right. Yeah, all things are lawful for me, Paul said, but all, not all things are expedient. So uh, the word that came down to with my father and Lord, he, he said he, he had to get rid of the word but. We could do everything but. He had to replace the word but with however. We can do anything. However, there are consequences. So, anyway, I think this is a good illustration. Uh, we're not under the law, but we are under the law of Christ. And it, it's not profitable for you. If I decide I want to go smoke and drink, I am probably might not should be a pastor, right? And... Uh, <laughs> right, but but could I? But not in a good conscience, probably. Um, and it, it might cause others to stumble. And so that that's what the devil does with this. Is uh, and I've even heard this. You know, there's so many do's and don'ts. I'd only want to go to church, right? And so the devil, you, the enemy, uses that. <clears throat> And I gave you a ministry principle there too at the top of your back page is, you know, God makes able ministers. That's what it said in verse six. 
who also hath made us able ministers of the New Testament, uh, that we might give life. So that I gave you a verse there from John 10, that the thief cometh not, but for to steal and to kill and to destroy, but I am come that they might have life and that they might have it more abundantly. And so the, that's the contrast. The, the thief being the devil, he wants to kill and steal and destroy. <clears throat> but Christ wants us not only just to have life, he don't want us just to be saved, but he wants to have the abundant life. And, uh, and then in verse 7 that uh, Pam read, is uh, the ministration of death was actually glorious, it says. So that's that's kind of... <clears throat> I don't know if you ever thought about this, but, you, you know, a, a lot of time... I mean, three-fourths of our Bible is the law of Moses. Three-fourths of it. But before that, there was kind of an age of con- conscience... And I don't know if you ever had anybody, somebody actually told me this once, you know, let your conscience be your guide. Well, before the age of the law, there was an age of conscience, we call it. And uh, uh, so people did have a, we even call it a conscience. And you know what your conscience is? Your conscience is kind of a, a right and wrong meter. I mean, all of us on the dashboard of our car probably have, like our battery, you know, if our battery's charging or discharging. So th- think of your your conscience is like a meter. And uh, the Bible says that in the last days, people were going to have a seared conscience. You know, you know, if you lie and you lie enough and you lie to cover up that lie and you deceive this, you know, eventually your conscience is, you don't, you, you don't even know what it's like to tell the truth because you're so jaded, right? <laughs> yeah. So in the last days, people kind of have a seared conscience. It's it's kind of a broke meter. Like if if your alternator gauge on your car is broke, it really doesn't do you any good. But anyway, if we have a clean conscience and we have that tender heart and the uh, <clears throat> but so so the uh, the law itself was glorious and it was written on letters with ink and paper. And it was engraved in stone, and uh, the giving of the law of God to Moses, uh, it made his face to shine. <clears throat> so the ministration of the Spirit is more glorious. The giving of the Spirit of, from God to us should make our countenance shine too. And you've probably been around people. Honestly, the guy that led me to Christ, I could just tell there was something different about him. He uh, that's what drew me to him. Okay. Is who? Bob. Klein. Bob t- tell about that a little bit. I'm going to get a water here. Well, uh, he has a lot of problems and stuff, health problems, and uh, and he gets up and he comes here. He's faithful. He's always smiling, and and I just feel comfortable talking to him about some things that I don't think he's going to judge me about what I talk to him about. Mm. So when I see him, his, his face shines when I, when I go to him. Yeah, he is a bright spot. He always hugs me. And even when I walk past him, he gets up to shake my hand. He don't just sit down and shake my hand. He stands up. It's like, wow, Bob, you don't have to get up. Didn't shake my hand. He hugged me. Yeah. yeah. Well, bonus. He's like, come on, get 
<laughs> so the ministration of the spirit, uh, spirit nullifies the glory of the tables of stone. Uh, uh, I think Christ said he established the law. The Old Testament covenant was transitory. In other words, it was fleeting. But the new covenant is permanent. It says it remaineth in verse 11. And then this, uh, let's see, we didn't read 8, 9, and 10. Uh, Alana, would you read uh, read 8 and 9, I guess, okay. just 2, 2, 8 and 9. How shall not the ministration of the Spirit be rather glorious? For if the ministration of condemnation be glory, much more does the ministration of righteousness succeed in glory. Yeah. And I forgot to turn this on because I because I am a loser. <laughs> this day has been difficult. I have, I'll tell you, I'll tell you how my day started. We I had a a milkshake and uh, I have a little protein shake and. Uh, I wanted to put some ice in it, and when I did, I I knocked it out of my hand, and then I and then I tried to catch it, and I hit it. So there was milk on the wall. There's milk on the refrigerator. Yeah. Oh. Anyway, it was. Just started rough today, guys. Hey, Steve, if that's all that happened to you today, well, there's there's a couple of other things I've already. So it's got to get better. It'll get better. Trust me. All right. Yeah, yeah. I I have been praying today, so. Uh, Belinda, why don't you read a ten and eleven for us there and. We'll wrap up this section. For even that which is made glorious had no glory in this respect, but even a great glory that it fell. For if that which is done away was glorious, much more that which remains glorious. Yeah. So uh, your last blank there. I read. I read this. I thought this was a good word. It uh, it eclipses the the new te- the glory of the dispensation of grace eclipses the glory of the dispensation of law. So if if you think about it, if you were living in the dispensation of conscience, I bet you would wish, man, God, I wish you'd just write down you know some rules for my conscience to help you know help me under. Well, then if you lived under the law, I bet you wish. God, I wish there was just grace so I didn't have to get up and kill this lamb and bring these turtle doves and, you know, you the law, this is way better what we have now, this age of grace, and so it kind of eclipses. So in the time we have left, we've got about 15 minutes. Uh, I want everybody to turn to Romans chapter 7, and I want to illustrate this, how the law... Uh, yeah, Acts, uh, Romans 7. So, um, 
Most of you know that Paul was a Jewish man, and uh, he was a Pharisee, and uh, he actually grew up, I mean, he kind of has a lawyer's mind, so he grew up under the law at the feet of one of the Jewish leaders called Gamaliel, and uh, so I'm going to... I think there's enough room here. I want to draw this. And I want you to all picture yourselves. So um, let's see if I can get some of these. Yeah. So this is uh, Paul's birth here, how he's starting out. And uh, I think I left. did, did, Did your handout come with a line across the bottom? Yeah. Yeah, good. So, uh, if you wish, I, th- I think it might be helpful for you to, to draw this a little bit yourself as we go through this little uh, timeline. So, in Romans 7, uh, Pat, are you there? Romans 7? Would you read verse 7 and 8 for us? 7. Go ahead. May I have known, not known sin, but by the law. For I have not known lust, except the law had said, Thou shalt not covet. But sin, taking occasion by the commandment, brought in me all manner of concupiscence. For without the law, sin was now, now look at verse 9 also. Uh, uh, Paul doesn't do this quite in order, but at the very first of verse 9, he says, I was alive without the law once. Now, uh, <clears throat> I'm just going to write the word alive. So Paul was alive, and essentially sin was dead. Sin was dead to Paul at some point in his life, and I want you to think about this. Yeah, so he was, we would say he's safe. Now, uh, I know uh, Sarah has, you know, a younger child. You guys have a couple of younger children. Um, Most of us do have some children, but do you know that uh, the Bible actually says in Psalm that children are innocent? Uh, even though they still have a sin nature, uh, it says that their sin is not uh, imputed. Yeah, it's not counted. It's not imputed to them. So, so Paul said he was alive once without uh, without the law. But but then what Pat read, it says. For I had not known lust, except the law had said, Thou shalt not covet. And it even says at the end of verse 8, Without the law, sin is dead. So uh, so he was alive, but sin was dead. Uh, so even though little Matthew, you know, he probably takes his brother's toys or he... He probably does some things wrong. You know, he's not going to go to hell for that. He, he's innocent. He's, 
He's safe because really the law is dead to him. So he, he's, he's alive. He's, he's not saved. He's not born again yet. He hasn't trusted Christ as his Savior. But he's, he's safe because he's innocent. He, he uh, maybe sins by nature, but not by choice yet. He's, he's not willingly doing evil things, you know, right? And so children don't do that. And, and that is what Paul is saying. But, but then look at, uh, verses nine and ten. Uh, Kevin, we're up to you. Okay. Well, D- just read, just nine. Law. Just, just nine only. While I was alive, without the law once, but when the commandment came, sin revived and I died. Well, now that that's quite a turn of events. So sin revived. So now sin came alive, but he says that uh, Paul died, right? So at some point, and what happened here that made sin come alive and him die? What what revived that sin? What what do you say? The law. That's exactly right. So, uh, what happened here is the law. Uh, and uh, it, he heard, "Thou shalt not covet," and he had some kind of lust in his heart. Uh, maybe it was sexually, maybe he wanted something, but he heard, I mean, he's sitting at the feet of Gamaliel and he's learning the Old Testament law. And, uh, you, you know, that, that's partly why we teach our children, uh, you know, like, uh, Christ-like, uh, uh, characteristics, like, you know, be honest, because you know the Bible says, you know, thou shalt not lie or bear false witness. So we teach the law uh, and Christ-like characteristics to our children, because then, at some point, like, oh my goodness, you know, I just lied. The Bible says, or under, like with Paul, thou shalt not covet. Oh no, I just coveted. You know, I'm a sinner. So at some point. Uh, Paul became lost, didn't he? In the law. So, uh, well, yeah, this, this was, we think, uh, Paul was probably, you know, contemporary with Christ. Maybe, uh, Christ lived a little before him. Some, some people argue if Paul actually knew Christ, but he came along, uh, this, this book is written, about 56 or 7 or 8 AD and, and Paul died about or Jesus died about 30 30 AD so uh, right so he had already died and rose again so so let, let's let's carry on with this a little bit uh, Carol would you read verse 10 for us uh, Romans 7 okay. and the commandment which was Man into life, I found to be into death. Yeah, so the, this commandment, it was ordained to life. He, he's saying the law is good and holy, 
it was ordained to life, he found it to be death. So, so when we read Second Corinthians, it's the ministration of death. That's what the law did. It, it, it pointed out that Paul, Paul's now a sinner. Uh, he's lost. And uh, so, some people call this like the age of accountability. Uh, and, and, and that varies, you know, with, uh, children and their maturity. Uh, so some people think it's around the age 12, you know, 13. Um, but it, it could be, yeah, it could be, uh, you know, even younger. I, I think, uh, you know, the focus on the family guy, Dobson. Yeah, I think he got saved when he was like six or something. And I've heard of children getting saved at age four. But anyway, uh, uh, surely as they become teenagers, there's a age in there that uh, I think it's kind of the age, you know, uh, like with children, you can say, you know, honey, do this because I said so. That's kind of the law, right? But when they get to be teenagers, they can begin thinking kind of abstractly. It's like, the reason I'm telling you not to go play outdoors, you could go in the street, you could get, I mean, you, you can kind of reason with, you know, children as they get older. So children might know that, you know, Jesus died for our sins, but now when they're, you know, that teenager and thinking abstractly, well, you know, sin, the wages of sin is death and, I could die and, you know, I don't want to go to hell. I, I want to be saved. And so anyway, uh, l- l- let's finish this here. Uh, you know, the, what we're trying to talk about is how the Old Testament law uh, <clears throat> worked in Paul's life. And I gave you uh, on your handout some verses. <clears throat> Under letter A, the law is how we know sin is sin. First uh, John three four says, "Whosoever committeth sin transgresseth the law, for sin is the transgression of the law." So, uh, so that's a good definition of sin is breaking God's law. Letter B: uh, Sin is not imputed when there is no law, and that's what Romans five says. For until the law, sin was in the world, but sin is not imputed when there is no law. So that's why we say children are, are safe. And then letter C, when the law came, Paul was guilty. And I, I gave you a verse from James there that for whosoever shall keep the whole law and yet offend in one point, he is guilty of all. And uh, I think I've only had one person ever tell me that he is not a sinner. And I was just kind of dumbfounded. I, I didn't even know what to say because <laughs> I thought that was kind of a, we're all sinners, but he didn't think so. And uh, anyway, I didn't have anything good to say. I, I didn't have the right thing to say. And then letter D is Paul experienced the ministration of death. He says uh, here later in Acts 22, when he shared his testimony, he says, I am verily a man, which am a Jew, born in Tarsus, a city of Sicilia, Cilicia, yet brought up in the city of, in this city, at the feet of Gamaliel, and taught according to the perfect manner of the law of the fathers, and was zealous toward God as ye are this day. 
So he, he experienced this ministration of death, but he also experienced the ministration of the Spirit. And uh, let, let's uh, finish this here because uh, we know in... Uh, uh, let's see. Let me write this right. Uh, so, so Paul is alive again uh, on the road to Damascus. So, in, in Acts nine, uh, you know, Paul in 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 the middle of the day, uh, he's traveling there to. Uh, persecute Christian. He's actually got letters, huh? Yeah, right. You're right. Uh, his name's still Saul. But now, now let me ask you this. So here, here he's saved, or he's saved on the road to Damascus. You think he got saved while he was blinded, or when the scales fell off? I think. I think. Uh, the thing I believe that he was saved that day at noon, even though he was blinded, is that when God told uh, uh, Ananias to go to him, uh, he calls him Brother Saul. He, he calls him his brother. So he was already his brother. But So let, let me ask you this. What happens to sin when we get saved? Does it die? It doesn't, does it? I mean, you, you don't lose your sin nature. It just, it just slightly diminishes. Well, r- right. That's true. So, so this is what we're looking forward to is um, at the rapture or a resurrection uh That that that's ultimately uh, I mean we, we still have our old nature even now. And uh anyway, I, I like this drawing because it, it relates to us, it relates to the law, and uh essentially that, that's what happened in, in each of our lives, isn't it? Hopefully that uh you know when we're children we don't know we're centered, we're not wicked little kids. But at some point, we realize, you know, I did steal that. I did tell that lie. I did do whatever. And uh, at some point, hopefully, we realize we're lost. And we may get saved a little differently. But, you know, uh, uh, Paul, when he, you know, he he says, Who art thou, Lord? He calls him Lord. And he says, I'm, I'm Jesus, whom thou persecutest. And he, he says, Why is it hard for you to kick against the pricks? And, uh, you know, just growing up on a farm, that's one of the things we would do to sort cattle. We would have kind of longer sticks. and We would prick the cattle. We'd try to get them to go where we wanted to. And, you know, a lot of times they would be kicking against you as you're pricking them. And I think that's how we are. You know, God wants us to do right. He wants us to be saved. And we, we resist that, don't we? we? We kick against it. Um, at that time, they had these caves and stuff, and like they'd take their sheep up in the caves, and then they would get a bunch of briars and stuff. 
stuff like that, and it would cover the cave up in the front. I, I think we might be kind of referring to that, hmm. like you know, kicking them up in there. And Maybe. It hurts, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Elena? I want to look through the Acts chapter 9. Okay. Nine seventeen. Read aren't that. Yeah. And that's when, and I think that's when Right. It, it is. Uh, at his baptism, uh, and, and some people think think that as well. And and you know, late later in uh, Acts chapter ten, uh, when Peter's preaching, it says that the Holy Ghost uh, came on them, and then they said, "Well, what what hinders these from getting baptized since they've already got the Holy Ghost?" So, uh, so Acts is what we would call a transitional book. Uh, kind of transitioning from the Old Testament to the New Testament. Where are we at? Uh, Acts nine. Acts nine. And and what was that? Verse seventeen. Yeah. Yeah. At the end of verse seventeen. Uh, yeah. Go ahead and read it because that is where Ananias calls him his brother. And then we're seventeen. Yeah. And Ananias. Went his way and entered into the house and putting his hands on him said, Brother Saul, Lord, even Jesus that appeared unto thee in the way of the, as thou camest, hath sent me that thou mightest receive thy sight and be filled with the Holy Ghost. Yeah. Yep. And then Yeah. And he he received sight and arose and was baptized. So now those those are good comments. And uh well, I think on the road to Damascus he was more convicted than he was saved at that yes. time. In other words, okay. I mean that was that would have been a oh my moment, you know? Yeah. It, it would have been a moment when he's going, Whoa, what's happening to me? Yeah. Yeah. And, and then he was blinded. What do I need to do? Figure out what's going on. Yeah. That's what, so he followed his instructions. Yeah. Yeah, I was just thinking because uh, twice earlier on the road, he, he calls him Lord. So that, you know, whosoever calls on the name of the Lord. So, so whether it was that day or the three days later. You know, they get rid of demons and all that. Some will still be rejected. Mm. Yeah, that's right. Well, let's, yeah, no, that's good conversation. And uh, one one day we'll know as we're known, won't we? Uh, Pat, I'm glad you're here, brother. Would you would you pray for us as we close? And I'll shut this off. Lord, we just come before you. Thank you for all the good things that you have in your word.